1: This is Pat Solver with The Doctor Ways In on Radio. And our special guest today is Farzad Mastashari, who is the founder and CEO of Validate. Did I say it right?
0: Yes, you did.
1: <laughs> oh, good. Uh, it's a, a relatively new company. It's not even a year since their launch. And they have a wonderful goal, and that is to put doctors back in control of healthcare. Imagine that. And they're doing that by helping them set up and run physician led accountable care organizations. And of course, I think uh, most of our listeners know Farzad from his day as Dave is the National Coordinator for Health IT at the Department of Health and Human Services. So, Farzad, it is wonderful to have you join us again. And I understand that you have some great. Yeah, well, glad to do it. And, And I'm especially glad today because I understand you have some really exciting news to share. What's going on over there?
0: Well, you know, it's not so much uh, news of the day, but just news of the times, which is that this idea of independent primary care practices being able to band together and to say, you know what, we want to be the quarterbacks of care. We want to take accountability for the total cost and quality of care. Um, and we want to be able to capture some of the value we create. That idea is taking off, and we're seeing so much interest in what you know. It's, it's, it's a good uh, what do they call it? A product market fit. <laughs> what we're selling, people are interested in, and that is that is huge. And we're we're growing. We're we're already signing uh, uh, participation agreements with practices in West Virginia and Kansas and Louisiana and Florida <laughs> to add to wow. our existing states in in Maryland and New York and Delaware and Arkansas. Uh, and it is just so satisfying to me to meet with these docs who – are like, you know what, this is what I've always wanted to be able to do. This One, one doc said, as of last month, we we're, we're started having the patients come directly to my office from the hospital.
1: <laughs> I'm like, oh, wow. my God, you're amazing. but <laughs> That's as opposed to the, finding out about them two weeks after they've been discharged. Exactly,
0: exactly. But, the, you know, the, the other part of it is they know they need help. That They can't do it by – like, they're fantastic primary care doctors, and there's a lot that's in that, but they don't have they're, – they're not, you know, health IT experts. They're not data anal- analysis experts. They're not regulatory experts. They're not – you know, they don't have the ability to go raise capital easily. So that's where the partnership comes in, and we really view it as partnership where we're like, look, we're both going to invest in this thing. You're going to invest your time. We're going to invest our capital and our IT and our tools and our people. And at the end, you know, if, if they're shared savings, we will jointly share in those savings together with you. We're with you in this.
1: Yeah, and I do think that um, what you're bringing to the table is so important because I personally don't want to see primary care doctors learn how to do all those things that your company is providing for them. I want the primary care doctor to continue to do primary care because, you know, Lord knows we need that. Um, So, uh, Farzad, I understand that you um, two of you are – ACOs have uh, been approved for the Medicare and Shared Savings Program.
0: Yeah, we have uh, two ACOs. Uh, One is our Delaware ACO. One is our Maryland, New York, Arkansas ACO. We have 22,000 roughly attributed lives in uh, in those ACOs, which means close to a quarter of a billion dollars a year of healthcare spending uh, under management. And then uh, also exciting news is that we have an existing 2014 START ACO, uh, a fantastic group of community health centers actually in New York, family health ACO, that have asked us to help them manage the ACO. So we have a third ACO that we're now managing, which was an existing uh, ACO. And as I said, we're we're building towards a whole host of new ACOs for a 2016 START.
1: Wow, that, that is fantastic. And it's really interesting to hear that you have community health centers. Can you put a little, um, uh, wrap a little more information around that? How exactly are these federally funded community health centers? How, how, how will you work with, with with those kinds of traditional providers?
0: Yeah, they, these are uh, federally qualified health centers. I think all three of them may be davies Award winners. I mean, these are fantastic practices who really understand the Psychosocial, they understand the the community aspects of of healthcare and population health, but you know there's there's uh, there's a lot also to this program, and it's not enough. And I guess this is the the point that really came home when they called me is it's not enough to be great at at doing quality improvement in order to be able to really assume this sort of risk for total cost of the patient. You don't just have to be good at what you do you have to understand what everyone else in the in this darn system is doing to your patients and to be able to take the blindfolds off for them and i think that's been you know everything that we do is predicated on on you know creating that holistic uh set of you know strategy goes to data goes to insight goes to tools goes through workflow and it all it's part of one really change cycle you know a change package um and that's been what's really cool is focusing on outcomes because a lot of the, the 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 people who've been working on quality improvement have been working on kind of almost outcomes but not quite <laughs> and this is the right. first time where no 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 it's like no, really, like, did the patient get admitted to the hospital or not, right? That's what That's what really matters at the end of the day.
1: Right, as opposed to, I think a lot of quality improvement measured process improvement because that's what we could measure, and getting to outcomes was, was so much harder and so much longer that, that sometimes it didn't end up in those, in quotes, quality improvement um, projects. And But I wanted yeah. to back up a little and ask you, you talked about um, how the primary care providers need to understand what everybody else out there is doing to their patients and yeah. that you all are helping them yeah. to do that. Can you give me a concrete example of of, of what you're talking about there?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, 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 the easiest one, right, is like if you don't know your patients in the hospital, you're not doing population health.
1: Right. And, <laughs> and all too often,
0: right, like docs don't know. They don't, know. they don't know if their patient got admitted to the hospital. They don't know that they're in-house. They don't know if they had an ER visit. They don't know if they got discharged. And so, you know, one of the, you know, for for your listeners, there's been lots of talk for a, lot, a long time about health information exchange. And, you know, I made the comment um, when I was national coordinator, you know, kind of the advice that we gave to HIEs was like, hey, guys, sell what people want to buy, <laughs> you know, like – what is adding value today, and that simple thing—that that notification services—we're getting them in Maryland now and Delaware. It's awesome.
1: Where and how did you do that? How did you? How are you? Well, how, how is your your company actually making those notifications happen?
0: Yeah. So there's two parts. One is the data flows, and then the second is the response protocols. Both are necessary. Neither is sufficient. And so, in states where the state health information exchange, like Maryland CRISP and Delaware DIN, have really focused on prioritizing those notification services, it's fantastic. I love it. Every state HIE should do that. They should go back to the you know to basics and say, okay, we're getting HL7 2.x messages about every admission, discharge, and transfer. That is valuable in and of itself. Let's distribute those notifications to those who want to know. So that's the first part. The second part is, all right, what do you do with that information? (laughs) Because a lot of our practices in Delaware and Maryland, maybe we're getting notifications, but they weren't really putting it to action. And so we're working with them on response protocols and tools so that you can get it at the right place, in the right way, in the right format, with the right backup information so they can make it actionable and do something with it.
1: And so give me an example of, of that, because yeah. I, I think you're absolutely right. I used to hear primary care docs say all the time, I don't find out someone's been in the hospital until they come and see me a month later. So it sounds like That's the right. HIEs can, can can take care of That's that right. part. But then the second part is, okay, now I know. So what do I do? Yeah. How do you help me? Exactly. Exactly.
0: So, uh, you know, everyone knows that uh, the, the, the time of transitions is hugely risky for patients um those first few days when they leave the hospital or nursing home and they're back home, medications get messed up, the patients you know, and, and the most valuable thing is a primary care visit within the first seven days. And that happens rarely. Because a lot has to go right for that to that, that gap to be closed. So we're trying to stack the deck in favor of the patient on this one. So one thing is get the notification of the discharge to the, the primary care docs and let them add that to a work list, which is a population health kind of one oh one idea that you don't just care about the people who are in your office today. You, you, you know which of your flock, your herd, right, your, 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 your ministry, who in your ministry needs you today. And reach out and get them and bring them into the office, right? Or even go to them, right? So that's the idea: or, or is or even, we link,
1: call them,
0: call them. So we call link them. the. Yeah, the,
1: the yeah.
0: That's right. Uh, so we link the notification to an outreach app that we've built, which is a really simple, clean, cloud-based app where it creates a prioritized list of patients. It's kind of your worry list for the practice, for you to call. And with one click, when a provider sees that notification, that patient you know, got discharged or was, was in the ER or got admitted, with one click, they can instruct their front office staff to call them, to bring them in for a visit. And that and so prioritized list I'm is immediately updated.
1: Immediately updated when they're discharged. But what do I see if, I, if I'm the primary care doc and you push this thing out to me and I open it up? What what do I see about the patient? Do I see their picture?
0: <laughs> no, no. If, it, if if that were in the uh, nice HL7 feed, we'd have it.
1: Oh, okay. Might <laughs> be nice to figure out how to get that in there one time. But what it do would, I? Have to see?
0: Here's here's the amazing thing though. I mean, one of the things I love about primary care is. I, w- I was sitting recently, uh, yesterday, with a primary care doc, and I said, okay, here's a list of patients, right? You're uh, 20 patients who um, I had done analysis to say these are actually lower, had lower costs than predicted. They have lots of conditions, but they're positive outliers. And I said, what's going right with these patients? And they said they could go down. They went down the list for me. And this was like I hadn't prepped them, right? They hadn't had a chance to consult their EHR. They just went down the list, and they knew every single patient. They didn't need to see their picture to, re- to remember them. Uh-huh. They knew their social history. They knew their family history. They knew their, what their conditions were. They knew what their last test results were. And they could tell me, why things were going right for this patient. So that's, that, that is the incredible power of really empowering and engaging primary care in, this, in a way that, you know, a thousand health plan-mediated nurse call lines can't replicate that.
1: Uh, absolutely. When when I think about all the jillions of dollars that we have spent on those kinds of programs in the name of disease management, now known as population health, if we could just harvest some of that money and throw it towards the primary care docs, it would go a long way, I think, towards improving yeah. care. Exactly. So, um, So the outreach application is now available to all of the docs that are involved in your ACOs.
0: Yeah. yeah. And and again, it's not about the technology, right? It's about the whole cycle of of figuring out what's the right strategy, figuring out what does the data tell us? Who's the who's this intervention, uh, what is this intervention trying to do, who is it best for? And then the workflows. So much attention to figuring out who needs to act on what, when, and what do they need to be successful at that? And being agile at, at modifying and adapting the application to serve that need, and then monitoring, seeing like, did it work? Did it not work? Are the you know are the docs happy? Uh, what do they need tweaked? And this is the the part that is you know as former national coordinators, a little heartbreaking to me is when I see the docs who you know we give them like here, here's a tool, right, to do a job. It's a tool to do a specific job. And they might say, like, oh, but this, you know, this isn't exactly what I need. And I can tell they're so frustrated with with their experience with previous software, where I'm like, okay, it's okay. We can change it. Like Friday, <laughs> you want <laughs> to be able much. to sort it by you know this yeah. thing. You want to be able to search by this thing or this piece of information you want is not there, or you want to broken out this different way. Okay, we can do that. And there and the idea that anything in their past experience with with uh, you know software has been like things never change. Certainly not the way you want them to change, and you never have any you know say in in how a product can become more usable for you. So that's partly why, Pat, instead of buying some, you know, off-the-shelf, quote-unquote, population health software, we decided to build our own. now we have the advantage of having, you know, probably one of the top five people in the country at building cloud-based health IT software, uh, who's my chief technology officer, Edwin Miller. So that is a little bit of an unfair advantage for us, but, hey, we'll take it for our docs.
1: Yeah, no, a- a- absolutely. So. Um So it's really interesting as I listen to you, Farthad, I I hear uh, that your organization, in order to be successful, you yourselves, you know, the Alligate team, has to be a learning organization, Um, So, you know, when we started out with this ACO thing, you you know, people really didn't know how this was going to play out, really didn't know exactly what the doctors need. And you're discovering all of this with your very close interactions with these docs. So I understand that you've written a book together with Mark McClellan at Brookings, um, and it's called Adopting Accountable Care and Implementation Guide for Physician Practices. Do you anticipate taking that Book um, and 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 making it in in and of itself a, a a document that continues to update as you learn new things as your partner or physician say well you know if you only shaped it this way it would work much better for me or you know here's the struggle I'm having that perhaps you all didn't think about but it's the reality of us with the feet on the ground are you are you planning on being able to capture that in an ongoing way so that Eventually, a book like Adopting Accountable Care would become, I don't know, the Wikipedia of uh, ACO <laughs> setup.
0: That's a yeah. That's a great. That's a great idea. Uh, this was the, the the product of of the year I spent at Brookings, and I, as you know, um, I work with Mark and the great team there, and with about eighteen physician-led ACOs all over the country uh to really figure out what are the key competencies what are the key challenges on a on on a capability front for physician led ACOs to have and to give them the latest in uh, what was known and 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 what had been learned about implementing that it's really a toolkit an implementation very practical implementation guide around four key things that we came up with right one was identifying and managing high risk patients the second is uh the those admission discharge and transfer those those notifications and managing those transitions of care the third is your referral network uh how do you map your social graph of who you refer to and what the consequences are of that and fourth is the patient engagement side um how do you kind of earn the loyalty of patients and engage them in in behavior change those four key chapters in the toolkit that we wrote together with the ACOs who are in the in the learning network Uh, but I, I really do feel Pat as you said we're continuing to participate in the Brookings learning network but we're all part of a learning network and you know there isn't. There's some stuff that we're doing, which is awesome. There's some stuff that other people are doing that are awesome. And one of the things I love is how open people who are in the ACO business are with each other uh, to to share because we all know we 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 need to learn from each other. And the true competition here is not other ACOs; it's fee for service. And so that's <laughs> what we're trying to to do in here is is fee for service demise.
1: Well, you know. I really hope you're able to accomplish that within my, within my lifetime. <laughs> about I don't know if I told you this about 12 years ago when I was uh, consulting with General Motors on, on a loan from Kaiser. I came up with this idea that I called the new, new thing, and it was paying yeah. for the value that we want. So it was just like very yeah. early, hey, why don't we buy outcomes instead of buying, you know, uh, yeah. office visits. Or hospitalizations and so forth. Exactly. Um, but as in, yeah, in all things in healthcare, it always takes so much longer than you think it's going to. But it feels like we're at the tipping point. But the problem. Our time is now,
0: Pat. Our time is now.
1: I think you're the absolutely right. Pieces are
0: all finally together.
1: They <laughs> are. <laughs> together but here's the here's the problem I still see it I'd love to hear what you have to say about this is you're working with with organizations that are all all full fully in right they're saying we are going to do this thing but for an organization that's still by and large doing okay and fee for service but you know the light bulb goes off they know they need to make the change how do they actually transition out how, because you know that's that's what everybody struggles with. I can't just turn it off I can't turn the fee for service off overnight or I won't have any income how how do you how do you handle that?
0: yeah i mean look the a c o model and and some people you know criticize this I actually think it it it's not a bad feature that it it goes on top of the existing fee for service model and it provides a transitional path. It's not going right to capitation, you know. Um, So it is is feasible to do that. The real problem is, as you said, what if you're anchored in the current model? What if you've spent a bunch of money, made a huge amount of capital investments, and you borrowed money, and you have bonds, and you have to pay those bonds, and you have to fill those beds, and you have to keep those MRI machines humming, and you have to keep that surgery suite going, right? right? What if you're anchored? And I, I don't know some of those businesses that are going to go out of business. Um, well, but I think it's what's necessary. They're, they're, not, they're, not or, go,
1: they're not going to go down easily, though.
0: No, they're not. But but I think we gotta we gotta focus on what's best for the patient. And uh, you know, policymakers, healthcare workers, we all have to we all have to that that is what unites us, right? Is thinking what's best for the patient. Um, And, you know, I'd just rather work with people who don't have a lot to lose from leaving the current toxic system, and that's primary care providers. It's not like the current fee-for-service system has been so awesome to primary care, where, you know, the only way they have to make ends meet is to try to squeeze more and more patients in less and less time, dealing with more and more hassle. So they're, you know, they're frustrated, and, you know, that's a good thing because it makes them ready to move and to leave. Uh, we just have to make it not so overwhelming for them to do that.
1: And, well, I'm really glad that, that that's the work that you're doing. I, I thought we'd shift gears here a little bit because I want to talk a little bit about um, your business. Um, so yeah. I know that you're funded by venture money, uh, specifically money from from Venrock. And um, as you mentioned at the beginning of our conversation, you're gonna make money. Uh, the revenue will come into Alli by sharing the shared savings yeah. uh, with your partnership. Yeah. But that's not gonna happen for a while. What do you think? That first money yeah. will be a couple of years from now?
0: Yeah. That's right.
1: So So, so you know, this
0: is be- this is where it's so important to have the right backers. So um I gotta say if if you want to if you want an investor in healthcare uh health services health t- technology like you cannot do better than Venrock and they are so smart about understanding what this model is um understanding the timelines involved and being okay with that um and and also so great at helping us succeed it's not just the money right it's also everything they bring in terms of strategy and, and the people flow, right? The people, oh my God, we have amazing people. We're getting amazing people. Um, so that, that is, uh, we're, we're, we're blessed. We're blessed. And, um, you know, to have their backing and the, and the kind of the, the understanding and the patience and the, and the strategy and all that has been, uh, has been really wonderful.
1: So let's talk a little bit about uh, about the people you've um, you've grown your team a lot since the last time we talked. Yeah. I went over to your website. All of a sudden, there's a whole a whole bunch of people's faces that yeah. popped up that weren't there the last time I looked at it. How many new people have you brought on board, say, in the last three or four months? And I understand that you're looking for more. And tell us a bit about what you're we looking are.
0: for. We are, yeah. So we've uh, in the past four months probably added a dozen people. Uh, we're probably going to add another 20 in the next year. The people we've added are phenomenal. I mean, these are people who could you know, be doing anything. Um, let me just give you a couple examples. The executive director of AC Medicare Shared Savings Program 1001, the very first MSSP in the country that also wow. happened to be <laughs> the most profitable ACO, physician-led ACO in the country, Palm Beach ACO. Their executive oh, director yeah. joined us, Kelly Conroy. Fantastic! Congratulations. And she is she's amazing, right? And she's running our Florida division. I was with her yesterday. Um, we got Laura Schmar, who was running multiple ACOS uh, for another another company. And I talked to her, and I said, you know, uh, this is like you you can build it the way it should be built. Uh, She's, you know, McKinsey, Harvard Business School, right? Uh, All those great credentials, but she came and joined us. Uh, We have great people on the analytics side, on the technology side, on the regulatory uh, and and policy side, on the practice changes. I mean, too many to mention, right? Um, And we're looking for more people who can step into those roles and help learn with us and have the kind of the passion that's so important to us. Like we are a mission, passion oriented organization. The belief in data, you gotta believe in data. Um, the the believe the, the willingness and the eagerness to go to the factory floor, right? Not sit in an ivory tower, but like love the idea of a small practice, private practice, primary care, uh health care and, and go in there and wanna be uh wanna be close to um wanna be close to our docs. And and also like be united around this idea that you know healthcare's got to get better and you know that's the the that's what really i think <laughs> touches so many people personally with personal experiences um uh around this and that's that's kind of the secret weapon i think that healthcare always has is is being able to tap into that
1: well you know as i as i listen to you describe this uh it's no wonder that you've been able to attract um, these kinds of people because not only is it a good idea not that it is, it is a wonderful idea what you're doing but your personal passion just shines through when you talk about it and at the end of the day i think people in healthcare you know we all went into healthcare because we wanted to help people right we wanted to do the right yeah. thing and um and we and we had a passion for it right before before perhaps some of it got Drowned out a little bit in in, in training. No, uh,
0: no.
1: <laughs> But uh, it is. So Maybe that's where hear. the
0: technology comes in, right? It's like, you know, health IT, right? Was I always said was like, healthcare can be better. Information is 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 key, and the technologists are kind of utterly believable. Conviction that tomorrow is going to be better than today, right? If you're not an optimist, like don't apply. (laughs) (laughs) You got to believe that healthcare's best days are ahead of it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I can't believe that our time together has uh, flown by. Uh, we covered a lot of ground. And once again, I'm going to close with I think the same thing I say every time I talk to you before I said, which is I wish you the best of luck. And Thanks. I want to congratulate you on your many, many accomplishments in and uh, in in your team's accomplishments in, in such a short period of time. Uh, so we'll, The best um, is yet to come. The best and is yet have to have come. You back. Absolutely. And we'll have you back to tell us about it. So thank you very much. And uh, we'll talk to you again soon.
0: Thank you so much, Pat. And I really want to send my thanks to the primary care docs out there.